This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Bird. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And it's the final show of 2021. It is. It is uh I was gonna say it's it's like um you know we're a little rusty, gotta knock the rust off because we haven't recorded in a while. But uh well, you know it's funny. So we we had a little blip to break down the fourth wall. We we start recording, we were talking, then you realize we weren't recording. Yeah. Uh, and so we got about two minutes in. Yeah. And, and and that's better. You know, sometimes we've done a show. We've done an entire show on the laptop that I record this on. We have done a full show before on the onboard microphone. Right. Which wasn't good. No. And then we had to re-record the show. But at least it, this was only two minutes uh, in before we realized what was going on. But I had said that uh, something similar to something to the effect of like we haven't recorded in a while and you're like yeah, yeah but this is the same we're recording the same intervals as, yeah. as we normally do but we didn't record last week and we normally record every week yeah so it's we'll, not this show we'll do we'll do two shows in one week and then the next week one show and then two shows and then one show and right you know, uh but we haven't recorded anything in a few weeks because we didn't do cheesesteak suplex um and we haven't done this show in two weeks so so we have had a little bit of a vacay, a little bit, a yeah. little, a little bit of a holiday, as they say, over in uh, merry old England. We were on holiday. We were on holiday, or as they would say in Canada, we took off, eh? Hoser. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, if they say take off, that's not a good thing. No, in Ca- in Canada. No, eh? Oh no, a a boat. They don't say a boot. They say like a, a boat. boat. Yeah. A boat. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, and sometimes it's hay instead of a. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Hey. I I know a girl uh, from I don't I don't remember where she was from. I have a lot of Canadian friends. I'm popular in Canada. Me uh, too. And uh, she would say like she would talk about her mittens, mittens, her mittens, and I'm like, well, don't don't talk like that because I hate that. And then she would say my mittens, and then she's like, oh, you don't like when I talk about my mittens, hey? And I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah. fuck, the fuck are you saying hey for? And she was like. Not all Canadians say A. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So you switch it up by a letter. Yeah, they put an H in front of it. Right. Put a fucking H in front of it. Because there's a fucking H in it. Uh, One of the best comedy specials ever. Eddie is her dress to kill. Yeah. And so uh, so they say that. And uh, that is because they have a lot of variety in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We almost did a Canadian-centric episode this week. I, I, I wanted to do a New Year's episode. And the one I was thinking about doing for a while Mm. was about this woman, Cheryl Shepard. And it was going to be our New Year's episode because she was on some Ontario TV special for like New Year's Eve. Like, you know how we have like the Dick Dick Clark Clark, thing? Yeah. Well, now it's like Ryan Ryan Seacrest, even though they call it Dick Clark. Well, it's it's a branding thing. It makes sense. It was Dick Clark Productions. He hosted it forever. Yeah. But 
they wasn't he America's teenager or something like that? Or yes, oldest teenager, and now he's dead. Yeah, so it didn't last for. He had like a stroke or something, didn't? He? Yeah, he he yeah Seacrest took over when he had a stroke, and then he would come back, but he was still like, you know, he had symptoms of a stroke. Sometimes you don't fully recover from those, right? But they had like the a local thing in Ontario, and this woman was on there, Cheryl Shepard, with her uh, boyfriend, and her boyfriend proposed on the show. And then three days later, she went missing. And this was in like 1997, and she's never been found. Oh, jeez. And the reason I kind of didn't go with that one is because I was trying to do research on it, and most of the research was another podcast that did like a whole, like a series on it. It's the CBC. I got you. It's like, okay, we'll be doing a podcast about a podcast. Right. And like, eh. If you want to check that out, check out season two of Someone Knows Something, which is a Canadian podcast. Well, that's that's like the Gabby Petito, uh, Brian Laundry case. It's like it's so new, and it was it, it, unless you unless you want to go with, and we're not these guys, by the way. You know this if you listen to this show long enough. You know we we're not conspiracy theorists like that. I believe in conspiracy theories more than you do. Uh, you're very Occam's razor, uh, very bland as I think sometimes when it comes to your thinking, you're very much like, yeah, what the news tells me is the truth. Uh, I, I don't, I, that's not me, but, but I think with the Gabby Petito thing, I think that's pretty much what it is. It happened like it happened. They found him. That's it. It was the end of it. Uh, like an open and shut case yeah. within what? Two months. And well, I think most people were on board with he killed her. It's just that most pe- some people thought he faked his death. Well, that's that's her. what I'm talking yeah. about. As far as as far as the case, though, right? She goes missing. They find her. He goes missing. They find him. Yeah. The end. That's all you have in that story. If if you're still checking for Brian Laundry or Gabby Petito updates, you're going to be bored because you're not going to find anything because they already found everything. It's done. It's- I, I do have an update. Tell them, uh, they're both still dead okay but that's what i'm saying they are dead if you believe forensic evidence yeah and, and stuff so, uh if, if you, you believe, believe science, evidence that's all you right. need to say if you believe the evidence okay. they're both dead well she's definitely dead if if well okay see don't do that uh really dead and so is he yeah they're, they're both equally dead right uh, they're both 100 percent dead but then you're gonna have these whack job QAnon people that are going to be like, no, he faked his death. And and, and could he have faked his death? Uh, I don't I, I'm going to go with the the forensic people that are saying he didn't. I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with those people on this. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's it, it was open and shut. It's done. It's been done since October, I believe. Yeah. Are people still talking about it? I haven't really seen well, they, a lot about it. They're coming out with a new, uh, I think Peacock may have just come out with something. Oh, yeah. There's going to be cash-ins about it. Like, it's going to be a Law & Order episode. You're going to get all that but, now. but the thing is, is that there's not much to go on. You know what I mean? Because they're, yeah. because it happened so quick. It happened in, in within a two-month span. There's not a whole lot that that you could go off of. Like, uh, what, what what's the newest news? Like, Gabby... Petito's mother wants Brian Laundry uh, wants her daughter's belongings from Brian Laundry's house. Like so now it's it's goofy yeah. shit like that that you're getting that you're not getting anything else. Um Yeah, it's like stuff you could see in small claims court now. Yeah, but but we were talking about uh you getting the information from one uh podcast right. and it, and it's kind of like the Gabby Petito stuff 
Like, you're not going to be getting anything else. So I, I feel that, that doing an episode about Gabby Petito, like, have we ever done? We did a updates? lot of, yeah, we did the This Week in Murder kind of extended version. Right. But like, a ga- that would have to be called be- like airing the dirty laundry or something like that. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, that would have to be something you want to revisit in like a year or two. Yeah, there's no point in doing it now. Right. But like, but you know that there are going to be people that are still like making podcasts about Gabby Petito. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. What the, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. But for some reason, it just, it was just kind of like when you, when you said about we would be getting our information from from that. Yeah. I, I start thinking, I'm like, that would have to be like, we would have to get some kind of information that we missed from mainstream sources from some other kind of podcast uh, or something like or a that. Or blog or something like that. But No, literally, like the only thing you'll find about this, this case I decided not to cover this week is from another podcast. Okay. Well. Where most of the, like I, the one I'm, we're going to actually talk about this week or this episode, I, I got most of the, the sourcing from one source, but it's a book. Mm. So it's a little bit different than, oh, you know that thing that that podcast did? We're going to do the same thing, just shorter and right. less in-depth and without people who are actually involved in it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've had enough uh, chit-chat, enough of this jibber-jabber, and uh, we should get on with a little segment that we like to call This Week Murder! one thing real quick though uh we usually try to do this early in the show uh and we always forget i was gonna do that before the break oh okay we'll do that before the break then so this week in murder what's our first story (laughs) it's it's see it's it's okay it's okay well let's just get it out there uh if you have any questions or comments email us at murdermydude@gmail.com. uh anything if you have a topic suggestion if you uh want to want to tell us how much you love our voices anything like that uh, you can email us. Uh, you can reach out on social media, Murder My Dude. Uh, we are Podcast My Dude on Facebook. Uh, but if you search Murder My Dude, you'll find us. Uh, you better pro- find us. ProjectHumanoid.com is where they have the hot shit. Uh, t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Stolen t-shirts. They're hot. Right. Yeah. We steal t-shirts. We scratch off their logos or anything on them. Then we put our own on them. And scratch off tickets. You, we will give you... An old scratch-off ticket. It's going to be a losing ticket, but we will give you one from the Pennsylvania Lottery. Uh, we won't do that. That's a lie. Um, we fib. We're big fibbers. Um, that's why we were on the show Fibber and Molly McGee. I don't remember that show. Hmm. All right. It was, uh, it was an old show back in like the Jack Benny days. I, I wasn't alive back then. I wasn't either. No. Uh, Fred, uh, what's his name? Fred Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember him. I was alive for that. So no, you weren't. Oh, he died. He died a long time ago. I uh, was born a long time ago. He died way like he died like forty years before you were born. Oh, or thirty oh, years. Or that something. was a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Now we could get into this week in murder. Bum 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 bum. Uh, Virginia police identify inmate as the shopping cart killer. Or if you're in England, I guess you would be the the buggy, the buggy, or, killer, or, the, yeah. or the or the trolley, or the pram, or whatever the fuck they yeah. call them over there. Uh, wherever you're from, you, you know the the shopping cart. Uh, that's what we call it. We call it shopping cart. So people, yeah, I, it, it always bugs me out when they call it a buggy. Don't they call it a buggy like places in the United States too? Yeah, and a, I think some people call it a. Uh, is it a pram? I know, I know a, a coach. So over here, what we would call a uh 
it's it's weird like a coach like when or you a push, stroller or something yeah. like that well no a stroller is different a stroller is is something that you like that's very you, you fold up you could carry it's real mm-hmm. light a coach is like a little bit more cumbersome the, yeah. it's bigger mm-hmm. that's what that's Someone how it has I, like the cover and right usually the kids facing you like something like that right right yeah. right and and so those people call prams over i believe over in england but we call it a what do you call the backpack coach. you put a baby in uh, the bait was it like a baby bjorn or something i don't know i just i never called it anything yeah i have no idea it's, it's i love when things have multiple names like that like mm-hmm. like knapsack school bag backpack mm-hmm. uh there's another one book bag book bag we yeah call them book bags when i was a kid we didn't we called them school bags yeah I, I think we would say school bag book bag some people said book bag backpack i would i would say later because like, yeah. i usually carry one now and i, I wouldn't call it a school bag because i'm not going to school still call it a school bag though okay yeah i would still call it a school bag maybe maybe now i've maybe now i say backpack mm-hmm. you know like i'm fucking door the explorer backpack backpack maybe that's where i got backpack maybe door kind of wormed into my brain enough that i say backpack because of that i'm show. the backpack loaded up things in knickknacks i watched the show with my kids I used to. I don't yeah, know. they're all a little bit old for Dora now. No, my 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 daughter watches Psych now. So yeah, she's graduated. But my so my two kids, my my oldest son, Sean and Gus. My my oldest son is fourteen, and he does his own thing. He's always playing like Madden or some shit, or you know, he's playing video games. R.I.P. John Madden. Um, he's always like he's or if if he wants to watch something with me when he when he visits, it's Marvel. Anything Marvel. He's a Marvel dude, which sucks for me because I'm a DC guy. Uh, but my kids, <clears throat> they argue now over what we could watch. And my daughter wants to watch Psych. And my oldest son wants to watch Pushing Daisies. Or my youngest son wants to watch wants to watch Pushing Daisies. Two excellent shows. So, you can't go wrong either way. So they're the, yeah, they're both detective uh, shows yeah. with a black and white guy. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Uh yeah, and it's funny because they're both of my they're like my two favorite detective shows. Yeah, they're they're both excellent. And uh and it's funny because my my daughter's like, Can we watch Psych? And then my son's like, Can we watch Pushing Daisies? And and when she puts on Psych, he leaves the room. <laughs> and I'm like, What are you doing, dude? And he's like, nah, I don't really like it. And I'm like, What? What? I know. I don't understand huh? it. I know. What? What? I don't get it, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, let's get back to the, uh, this the week of murder. Sh- the shopping cart the killer. The shopping cart killer. So 35-year-old Anthony Robinson of Washington, D.C., was arrested by police in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in November, and at the time he was charged in the killings of Beth Redman, 53, and Tanita Smith, 39, after investigators utilized cell phone records and video surveillance to connect Robinson to both women. Now, police have announced that Robinson is suspected in at least two more deaths, and further charges are likely upcoming. Mm. The crimes attributed to Robinson were attributed to what law enforcement and the media had previously dubbed the, quote, shopping cart killer. Because killers always have to have that name. Yeah. Uh, So this is the shopping cart killer. Kevin Davis, Fairfax County Police Chief, described the origin of the nickname. Quote, after he inflicts trauma to his victims and kills them, he transports their bodies to the f- their final resting place, literally in a shopping cart, and there's video to that effect. <clears throat> That's uh, that that brings me back to 1999 when I was being chased by Nazis. Uh, I always, uh, whenever I say that, 
I always imagine that there's like a big ball also <laughs> chasing me, like I'm fucking Indiana Jones. But it, it, I always think of like uh, like Scooby Doo, but it's Nazis instead of monsters. Okay, spooky Nazi ghosts. Yeah, spook, spooky Nazis. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I had this run in with these like neo Nazis, and uh, one one ended up killing uh, another neo Nazi apparently that was talking about cannibalism, and they uh, they killed him and they put him in a shopping cart and dumped him. Uh, in a uh, in a bat like a basketball court. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so like when I'm reading about this uh, shopping cart thing, I'm like, oh wow, okay, flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, in addition to murder charges, Robinson is also being charged with felony charges of concealing, transporting, or altering a dead body. Altering very body. serious charges. But did he, did he change his pants? Like, I, don't <laughs> like, I don't like these. Yeah. Well, he hemmed them. Mm. It, because I, I, I'm guessing, like, the pant leg would get caught in the shopping cart wheels. So it's like, I have to hem this. Right. I'm not going to be able to transport this dead body in a yeah. shopping cart unless I fix his pants. Right. Or her pants. Yeah. And, and so this just happened. He's like, I got to change that sweater. That's too... It's fall. We're... This is winter now. You know? She's wearing white after Labor Day. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Hmm. Robinson is believed to have found his victims on dating sites. After matching with the women he's accused of killing, he'd agree to meet them at motels where he would murder them before moving his bodies moving their bodies uh via the shopping cart by the way that's such an old outdated thing i'm i'm guessing the whole white wearing white after labor day yeah. I, I don't know if anybody even abides <laughs> by that rule anymore do you know the only reason i even know that is the movie serial mom with kathleen turner because at the end she like kills somebody for wearing white after labor day pussy willow <laughs> That was a John Waters movie, wasn't it? Great movie, yeah. I love John yeah. Waters. Excellent, excellent movie. If if you've never seen Serial Mom, it has uh, it has Matthew Lillard. He plays a son that works at a video store. Uh, I guess it's I don't know if it's a regular video store if it's like horror movies. And he hangs out with a girl that wears a whoopee cap. Okay, you know what a whoopee cap is? I don't. A whoopee cap is the it's like a whoopee pie. No. Uh, it's the type of hat that like uh, Goober would wear from Andy Griffith or Jughead would wear like a crown. Didn't Jughead wear a crown? He did not wear a crown. He wore a whoopee cap. Oh, uh, it was kind of drawn as a crown a little bit, but it's actually a whoopee cap that he wears. Oh, OK. It's so they I guess you would take it from an old fedora. Uh, who, who else? Um, uh, Leo Gorsi's character. I think it was Leo Gorsi or Hunts Hall. One of them would wear a whoopee cap in a in the old like East Side Kids, Dead End Kids, whatever he would wear. I think it was, I think it was, I'm thinking it was Leo Gorsi. But anyway, so you would take this hat and it's like it's jagged like the mm-hmm. the Yeah, I was thought Jack was just wearing a crown, literally. No, no, he was not wearing a crown. He was wearing a a, a whoopee cap. Uh, yeah. And Jeff Goldblum's character in I forget what movie it was. It was like in the late 70s or early 80s. He played a rapist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know the movie. And uh, he wears a uh, a whoopee cap in there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this girl wears a whoopee cap in, in Serial Mom. And I always thought it was the coolest thing. Like, I love whoopee caps. I'm, I'm a big fan. A lot of people would, like kids, when they would wear them back in the 50s, mm-hmm. they would put pins on them. Oh. And that's what Jughead was doing. That's why, like, if he had that that circle, that, that line... That's what that's what it represents in the in the thing, but it did end up getting a little bit more exaggerated as it went on to look like a crown, right? But, but it was a whooping cap. But so yeah, th- the more you know, the more you know. Yeah, you learn things on this show. Yeah, but Serial Mom is fucking excellent, man. Yeah, it, underrated murder movie. Serial oh Mom, God. definitely check it out. It's 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 up there as one of my favorite. It's probably it's my favorite John Waters movie. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. W- without a oh, doubt. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mine is probably Crybaby. Crybaby. I watched second. Crybaby so much when I was a kid. I, I did too, but without a doubt. Uh, and speaking just... of murder, uh, the the female leading Crybaby killed somebody. Wow. Amy Locaine. Yeah, she uh, drunk driving. She hit somebody drunk driving and killed him. <gasps> oh. And then she got out of jail and then somehow got sent back to jail, which is like, oh, wow, that's that sucks. You think you're done. You think you paid your debt and then like, nope, you're going back. Remember Rebecca Gayhart did that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh. Rebecca Gayhart was in. Dead Like Me, which was done by Brian Fuller, which also who also did Pushing Daisies. It all fits together. Oh my god! It's all it's all connected. The fundamental interconnectedness. Uh, of oh, all and who things. was in Dead Like Me? Rube. Oh, Manny Patinkin. Manny Manny Patinkin. What was he in? The Princess Bride. No, no. Oh, well, there. He's well, been in a lot of things. You're no, be more it was like that. He was in one of those like CSI shows. Or oh, something Criminal like. Minds. Criminal Minds. Yeah, yeah, which was a, a a murder show. See, there you go. So, well, everybody who's been in the fucking murder show at some point. Yeah, six degrees of Mandy Patinkin. Robinson is believed to have found his victims on dating sites. Smooth. That was real smooth. <laughs> it was seamless. Oh, he already said this part too. After matching with the women he's accused of killing, he'd agree to meet them at motels where he would murder them before moving their bodies with a shopping cart. Robinson had known addresses in D.C., Prince George's County, Maryland, and New York. Police are now checking open cases in those areas to see if Robinson's list of potential victims is even longer than currently thought. One of the new victims found in a large plastic container in a wooded area. The woods. Not necessarily the woods. I know. You don't have to stop me. Uh, Uh, I didn't. uh, Near a motel called the Moon Inn has yet to be identified. The fourth victim was recently identified as Cheyenne Brown, 29, who was identified by a distinctive tattoo. Brown was four months pregnant at the time of her death. Okay. Four months pregnant and going on dating sites. Uh, the good thing is he's in custody. <laughs> hey, listen, man. It happens. Hey, listen. It I, happens. I, I've dated quite a few pregnant girls. All right. I, I have, I, I guess I have a pre- like a pregnancy kink fetish. You know who was like that? Uh, do you remember Ken Bone? That sounds familiar. Ken Bone was the guy in the sweater. In that Trump-Clinton debate in 2016, like, everybody was crazy about Ken Bone for, like, two seconds. He was, was like a, a red sweater? Yeah, it was like a re- he was a fat dude going bald. He had, like, a red sweater and glasses. Okay. And, yeah, I guess people found Ken Bone's, like, Reddit history, and he was, like, on a subreddit for, like, pregnancy fetishes. I have it, dude. I'm, I'm attracted to pregnant women, you know? Uh, and it's funny because, like, a lot of women, they, they feel gross and ugly and disgusting when they're pregnant. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea, lady. <laughs> you have no idea. I don't know. I've always, I've just always been uh, attracted to it, you know? Um, hey, everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Like I, like, I don't like feet. You know what right. I mean? Like, I'm not a feet. Like, as a matter of fact, I'm very anti-feet. I'm, I'm keep your fucking feet away from so me. So your, your dream girl would be pregnant with no feet. Diabetics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pregnant diabetic is what you're looking for. <laughs> no. Uh, just so you can share their insulin. No, I, 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 listen. I guess if I if I am in love with her, I'm probably not going to be bothered by the feet. But I mean, I'd rather you not touch me with your. I'd rather feet. you not have feet. No, I'd rather you have feet. Just don't touch me with them. Right. You know, I don't want nubs. No nubs. No, no nubs. I don't want no nubs. <laughs> nubs is a girl that can't get no love from you. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have to be in the passenger side because I guess driving would be hard. Now you could drive with you. They have a little. Uh, this is actually going to come wheel. into play later. Oh, <laughs> this huh. is going to hold that thought. It will come into play later All right. during our uh, our main event of the evening. 
Uh, so the good thing is he's in custody, Davis added. The challenge that remains is identifying other victims. We believe that there may be other victims in the area, and we need to act now. So that is the story of the shopping cart killer. All right. I love it. Next Let's, story. We're going to get on to our next story here. Former police officer Kim Potter found guilty of manslaughter and shooting of Dante Wright. I think we may have talked about the story when it first happened. Okay. Uh, on April 11th, 2021. I want to call him Daunt. Dante Wright and his girlfriend, en route to a car wash, were pulled over by a trainee police officer in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, after the trainee officer noticed the car, a white 2011 Buick LaCrosse registered to Wright's brother, was signaling a right turn while in a left-turning lane. Uh. After running the plates, the trainee and the field training officer accompanying her, 48-year-old Kim Potter, saw that the vehicle's registration tag was expired and that there was an air freshener hanging on the rearview mirror, illegal in Minnesota. Merry Christmas, Kim Potter! Well, this is, uh, this is a serious offense here, the illegal air freshener on the on the mirror oh no wonder they pulled this this person well over. well yeah. i mean dante right what were you thinking what the hell how dare you uh potter and the training officer was he driving while smelling good maybe was that the offense uh well, i think it was the whole signaling in the wrong lane oh uh signaling your right turn to the left hand lane what color was dante right uh black man. oh okay also dwb uh also probably a case of dwb well, well, well that's why i said driving while smelling good yeah because of the air freshener that uh is. Potter and the training officer initiated a traffic stop and called for backup, which came in the form of Potter's supervisor. Mm. Uh, talking to Wright at the traffic stop revealed that he did not have a license or insurance and that he had an open warrant for failure to appear in court. Okay. So the call was made at that point to arrest Dante Wright. Well, I mean, this gives them carte blanche to murder then, uh, mm. because if you, you not know. really. No. Not really. Uh, is that not how the law works? No. Huh. No. Oh. Uh, as the trainee officer attempted to arrest Wright, he struggled. Okay. Potter shouted, I'll tase you. And later yelled, taser, taser, taser. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. I remember, remember when this, this right happened. Now? Yeah. However, Potter unholstered her actual firearm, a nine millimeter Glock, and shot Wright with that, later saying, quote, oh shit, I just shot him. Mm. Now listen, when I watched it and she wrote, taser, taser, it's, it's, it was akin to like somebody yelling bang 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 yeah <laughs> like i'm like what the fuck well i think they yell that so they know it's everybody knows it's coming and it, I, I think it's a thing for like the other people to get away from the person she's trying to tase taser 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 <laughs> yeah, it's just silly it's very silly and and she shot i i remember this happening mm -hmm. i know immediately where people went she's racist she intentionally killed him she knew what she was doing. How do you uh, not know the difference between a taser and a gun in your hand? I think what people fail to realize is when your heart is. Listen, we're not robots. These are human beings. Uh, maybe she was scared for her life. I, I think well, she's scared. She shouldn't take the job. I think every fucking person in that position, unless you are a fucking stone cold killer. I think a lot of people, their 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 heart, you know, starts racing and whatever. I, at the time, I don't know any because I haven't heard anything else. I think it was a mistake. It was a mistake that shouldn't have been made. She shouldn't have pulled him over. And if she did, it shouldn't have came anywhere near this. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But, but, but with that said, I don't think that she 
was like, ha, I'm going to shoot him. And well, just... that, would, that would be murder. She was charged with involuntary manslaughter. Because I think that's what it was. Right. And I thought that at the time I was like, how oh, this she this, she was just a fucking she was panicking. Yeah. And she she was a panicky Pete and or panicky a panicky Potter, a panicky Potter. She was yeah. a panicky Potter. And and uh, and that's what that was. I think that that's all that was. She was just a panicky Potter and she should not have this job. That's all. Well, she's not because she's going to jail. Okay. Uh, prosecutors pointed out the differences in the weapons. Uh, right. The taser was on the left side of Potter's belt. Right. The firearm was on the right. Okay. Uh, the taser was bright yellow, not black. not black. Right. And it weighed twice as much as the handgun. Ab- absolutely. And and with all that said, again, what have you ever been in a, in a, in a really, really... Uh, I've heard this a bunch of times where people are in situations and they're like, it felt like everything was like in slow motion. Yeah. Do you ever have a situation where I'm pretty sure I have. Okay. So like car accidents, I've been Mm -hmm. in a lot of car accidents and I've never been in one. I've been in a bunch. And a lot of times, like it feels like shit slows the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Now somebody could say, well, you can maneuver better if it's slow, but that's not where your brain goes in the, as quickly as this stuff happened, she probably won just grabbed whatever maybe she wasn't sitting there going which side is it on maybe she just reached and if she only had one you know it, it would have been one th- but she had two choices maybe she just didn't remember which one was on which side obviously you should remember that that's important right if you're gonna- and it's not like this guy was armed and about to shoot her Absolutely. it wasn't a split second decision um um that's what i don't the know. worst that could happen is the guy breaks free and runs away and and Not she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have pulled but but if she's gonna taser yeah motherfucker you better make sure that it's a god yeah make taser. sure it's a taser before you tase and I, I i understand the yellow thing she probably wasn't looking at the thing it was probably like she grabs and yells and is not looking at the color and isn't sitting there weighing things because i i get it it's heavier than a gun yeah so the question here really is was the negligence you're describing enough that it qualifies as involuntary manslaughter yes and that's what our that's what the yeah. jury 100 percent. that's what the jury decided yeah to. i think she should definitely go to jail for well, being she for, she isn't right jail. but i'm saying but i'm talking about my opinion my opinion is she should definitely go to jail for for being negligent you took she took the life right yes uh, okay the guy's dead mm-hmm. it's not like he was just harmed no he's dead no he's dead of course she should go to jail for that she's negligent I, I just don't think that it was intentional. Right. Well, and neither did the, the again, it was involuntary I, manslaughter. I get it. But I'm talking about what yeah. you were reading at the time. The majority of people were like, no, she knew what she was doing. She know. How do you not know? And they're talking about like the weight and the color. They're, they're bringing up the same points that they brought up here. But these people, I think, are a little bit more level headed and aren't. Yeah, she wasn't charged with murder. She was charged with manslaughter. Right, and and she should have been, but she should still go to jail. That's my opinion mm-hmm. on, on, on the matter. And I know people are going to be like, ah, oh, you're wrong. She knew. She knew. She was staring at the color, and she waited. She brought a scale out, and she weighed the gun, and, like, that's what that's how people act like. They're like, no, she... And, like, most things, the real truth is in the middle. Yeah, and I, I think that she was just a moron. And, uh, but back to the story. After yeah. being shot... Wright ran back into his car and tried to drive away. He made it about 500 feet before colliding with another car. Oh, jeez. Officers pulled him out of the car and attempted CPR, but Wright was pronounced dead at the scene shortly after. But to the trial, a jury deliberated for, deliberated for 27 hours mm. 
before finding Potter guilty of first and second degree manslaughter. It should have taken that long, but uh, okay. <laughs> the first degree charge carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison, while the second degree charge comes with a maximum sentence of 10 years. See, it should be a minimum sentence of 15 years. Well, I don't know, and I also don't know, well, she hasn't, hasn't been sentenced yet, so we don't know right. what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, after saying that the verdict provided a, quote, degree of accountability for Wright's death, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison also spoke out in sympathy for Potter. Oh, well, well, no, my 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 point of saying that was it, it, they they make it a, a point to tell you what the maximum penalty. I want to know what the minimum penalty yeah. is. I want yeah. her to her minimum uh, to be 15 years. I, but, you know, what what does it matter to me, really, if she serves fucking five months or 50 years? I'll never see her. It has no bearing on my well, life. 50, 50 years when you're 48 is almost it's not necessarily no, a death it. sentence, but it's close to it. No, I get it. I get it. But but the thing is, is like uh, some people are going to be like, never let her out, you know, lock her up and throw away the key, um, which I think is a little ridiculous. Yeah, somebody might find the key and let her out. OK, they might. Yeah. All right. Good. So, uh. Again, this is Attorney General Keith Ellison. Quote, she is going from being an esteemed member of the community, an honored member of a noble profession, Ellison said, to being convicted of a serious crime. I don't wish that on anyone, but it was our responsibility as the prosecutor, as ministers of justice, to pursue justice wherever it led, and the jury found the facts. Okay. Uh, the judge in the case, Regina Chu, also heralded the jurors as, quote, heroes of the justice system. While also rejecting a request from Potter's legal team to allow her to remain out on a hundred thousand dollars bail until their sentencing hearing, apparently Kim Potter is a devout Catholic, and they wanted her to be able to stay out of jail for Christmas. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, she's like, "Oh, and she has a family." But like, yeah, her family doesn't live in Minnesota anymore. They moved, and she can't leave the state if she's been convicted. Yeah. So we're just gonna put her in jail now. She's also guilty of a crime. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she uh, uh, she killed yeah. somebody. Yeah. So uh, so Potter was taken into custody immediately without bail and is due to be sentenced on February 18th, 2022. And, and, and you know, you know, the you know, the typical, you know, the typical thing. It's it's going to be, well, he shouldn't have ran. He shouldn't have had uh, a warrant. He shouldn't have. Any, all true. All not things he should have been killed. for. Yeah. Listen, cops are not judge, jury, executioner. Uh, none of those things if you say uh, i'm just gonna put this out there i don't want to be this guy i don't want to make the show about this uh but i'm just gonna say this if you believe that this man should have died for what happened you are what they call a racist you are you're a racist now now you could argue and say you're not a racist but you're a racist and you're wrong and you're a liar uh you're just a racist you're a piece of shit is that okay to say sure is that fair uh, I think some people just have a, I, I think if you're not racist, you're on the racism spectrum, I always say. Okay. Um, just because I think some people just, even if that was a white guy, but like some people are just so, Mm-mm. they have their nose up law, law enforcement authorities Mm-mm. ass. Mm-mm. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm saying, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of these comments a lot, and I know that you could say, talk about like the sample. What's it called? The, the, it's not a representative sample, but but I feel that it is when I read the same shit over and over. Well, it's a representative uh, sample of people who post in comment sections, uh, but that's not right. a representative sample of people as a whole. Well, they're the only ones I, I care about because they're the only ones I'm reading about. I'm not reading about somebody else, uh, somebody else's opinion. I'm reading about their opinions, and it seems to be the same opinion. When I do see it like a white person, they always fucking 
talk about how it's it's ridiculous that that it's that you know that they're getting that right. uh, sentence. These are the or, people that feel the strongest about it. Like people who don't feel that strongly about yeah, it aren't going to post but, about but it. But I'm. It, it, it's still the the point is is that they always defend the white person and they always think that the black person should have been killed. So they think that the person killing somebody in here shouldn't serve the time that they're serving, but think that the black person that, that committed whatever crime, uh, the, the signal or the yeah, or even air freshener, trying to run away or right, running yeah. away, have it that he should be dead. Right. And that, it, that deserves an immediate execution. Right. And which it obviously does not. And, and that's why I say, well, they're racist and, I don't think that it's just a no that they, they would have said the same thing if it was white. I don't believe that because I never see that. I think a lot of them are racist and I think some of them are just bootleggers. Yeah, yeah, but most bootleggers, the majority of bootleggers, uh, not bootleggers. Bootleggers, bootleggers. I know a, a lot of bootleggers are I know racist what a too. Bootlicker is Hey, you leave my family alone. <laughs> they were racist too. Um a lot of bootleggers uh are are racist, you know. That's true. But I, 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 not, no, not all. Obviously, not all. But you know, that's there's got to be exceptions to the some rule. But anyway, all right. That's neither here nor there. And where? After this break. Greetings, murder, my dude, listeners. Remember how we used to talk about wrestling a lot on this show, and it got all mixed in with your true crime talk. We try not to do that anymore. But if you liked that part of the show, you can still hear us talk about the wrestling on our new show, Cheesesteak Suplex. And it's not just wrestling. We'll talk about lots of other things, too. Sports, geek stuff, Philly, and more. So if that sounds like something you'd like, look for Cheesesteak Suplex on the same podcast service you use to listen to this show. Also, Cheesesteak is all one word, and don't you forget it. And we are back. Um, when, uh, right before the break, we were talking about bootlickers and I said, uh, bootleggers. And it's funny. Uh, I remember when I, I met my oldest son's mom, we were talking about, I was talking to her father about bootleggers. And I'd said that my family were bootleggers. Mm -hmm. And I remember him being like, um, well, my father, grandfather, whoever it was, uh, would chase the bootleggers. I guess that was what he was doing. Was it like a cop or something? I I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it just was like, this is, what is this? Like some Hatfield and McCoy shit? Yeah. Is this like Romeo and Juliet? Like, is that what's going to happen with, with our families here? Yes. Like, like your family, <laughs> you know, like, and it felt, it felt like that that's kind of what it became. But, but yeah, man, the, the, the bootlegger thing. Anytime I hear something like that, it just reminds me of, uh, like when I think of bootleggers, I think, I think of that right there, right. that, that whole, like him, uh, chasing, did you have any kind of, uh, bootleggers in your family at all that you know of? Not that I know of. No. It's possible, but not, not that I know of. No. Yeah. We had a speakeasy on, um, right near my, the house I grew up on second street in South Philly. There was an old speakeasy. Uh, but it's funny because there were like speakeasies around here and mm -hmm. and uh, like tunnels and, and shit here, yeah, here in Pottsville. I heard that. Uh, so where there's uh, I think it's called Drasdis. Yeah, it's like a men's clothier. Um, it's right across the street from Wheel in Pottsville. And uh, it was an old bike shop. 
As a matter of fact, the guy got shot. Yeah, he got murdered. He got, yeah, murdered. He got robbed and murdered. Yeah, we yeah. should uh, we should cover that one day um, if we can find information on it. Yeah, if it's enough to do a whole show on. Uh, but but that guy, he, um, I was talking to him one day, uh, obviously before he got murdered. Um, murdered if it did after, because that would be uh, the, the seance. It's so weird that that block. There were two people who owned businesses on that block that got murdered on the same block. Yeah, literally yeah. on the same block. Yeah, so, but uh, but I was talking to the owner of the bike shop, and he was telling me that there was a tunnel that's blocked off now, but it was used for... Prohibition. Yeah, prohibition. Speakeasies and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and then there was, um, I don't know if it was Allentown or Bethlehem, uh, there's a place called the Bookstore Speakeasy, but it's it's not an actual speakeasy, but, but yeah. the, the whole setup, it's, it's a black door with like a white stencil, it says bookstore, uh, and then you go into the... You go through the door and then there's a little like it's set up to look like a little library, I guess. And uh, they take your name or whatever. And then there's a curtain and you pull the curtain back and then there's a bar. It's like a 19. It's like you're transported back to the 1920s. There's a copper top bar and guy, can't top it. That's that's copper top battery. Duracell. You can't top the copper top. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. I, lo- I love speakeasies, but there are le- like legit speakeasies they have in like New York. And- yeah, I remember seeing the thing about that one where you, you have to go like there's like a deli across the street or something. You have to call on a payphone. Yeah, there's a payphone. No, it's a payphone <clears throat> pay at the place. So oh, okay. You, you go in and it, yeah, it's like a restaurant or something. And you go to the payphone and then like you, you lift up the handle and then you have to say a password or yeah. some shit. And, and then I guess you have to have a reservation. And then then the, the door, like the, the wall opens and you go in. I like that. The bookstore speakeasy, it's a curtain. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Like, at least make it a, a like a fake, like have the, the wall open or something. That would be shit. really cool. Or yeah. like slide, like like the bookcase slides, you know. But Yeah, like those book, the bookcases where the bookcase is actually a door. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, and they adore me. Sometimes yeah. you want to go where everybody knows your name with the speakeasy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, that would be fucking cool. I love speakeasies. Uh. I love bootleggers. Well, that that may also play into to our story this week. Oh, another uh, foreshadowing. We're, we're going to be talking about the Egan murders. Oh, uh, as we close out another year and as we look forward to 2022, we're actually going to turn the clock back about 57 years to New Year's Eve 1964. Uh, this is when Dick Clark was only 64. Yes. Uh, we use multiple sources putting the, these shows together. Uh, but like I said, one in particular, like one book in particular is very useful here. Uh, the biggest by far source on this one is a book called The Jefferson County Egan Murders, Nightmare on New Year's Eve, 1964, by Daniel Boyer and Dave Champagne, or Champagne. Uh, if this story piques your interest, definitely check that book out. And for this, we're going to go just south of the Canadian, Canadian border uh, to Jefferson County, New York. Specifically, we're going to be going up Interstate 81. Which is not too far from us. Okay. Interstate 81 runs through uh, Frackville, Pennsylvania, which is about, what, 10 minutes from us? Yeah. 15 minutes from us? Wait, Frackville? Yeah. But 10 minutes. Yeah, so uh, I-81 is is uh, going to play very heavily into this story. And if you're not familiar, that is a uh, an interstate highway that runs from northeast Tennessee up to the Thousand Island Bridge where it connects the United States and Canada near Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls! Slowly I turn, step by step, inch by inch. As 1964 drew to a close, the northernmost reaches of I-81 
were still under construction, uh, and one of the cars on its last stretches belonged to Bill and Beverly J., longtime residents of the Rochester area. And you know what that means. What does that mean? Rochester. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, as you as we record this, it is Wednesday, and I do know what that means. Yeah. But it's going to come up on uh, midnight Friday, midnight New Year's Eve. Now, now this isn't our wrestling show, but that's where uh, the late Brody Lee uh, is from. He's from Rochester. So. And also the Rochester Roadblock, a uh, longtime WCW enhancement talent. Roadblock? Roadblock? Like the guy Roadblock that when we had uh, our fig fed back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and we had a guy named Roadblock, and then we were like, Hey, look, they have a roadblock. Yeah. They he, were listening to us. No, he was he was using that name way before that. Yeah. Uh Bill and Beverly's teenage children made the I same- remember them. They were uh they were the Oh, that that was Bo Beverly. Yeah, that was Bo and Blake Beverly. Oh, Beverly Brothers. And one of their sons is a wrestler now. Yeah. He looks like uh, a giant Peter uh Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Bill and Beverly's teenage children made the same trip north a week before, spending the week between Christmas and New Year's with their grandparents. The same grandparents' house in the small town of Norwood, New York, that the Jays were headed to at this point. With an hour or two left in their trip and just under three hours left until the new year, Bill Jay decided he needed to make a pit stop, and he pulled into a rest area a couple hundred feet off the highway, just outside the town of Watertown, New York, uh, which just so happens to be uh, the birthplace of actor Viggo Mortensen and two of the founding members of the Blue Oyster Cult. And Penelope. That's Penelope Pit Stop. That is not a real person. That is a cartoon. Although, uh, that made me think of wrestling too, damn it. Uh, Jim Cornette always calls Penelope Ford Penelope Pitstop. Okay. The uh, other wrestler from AEW? Yeah. Uh, Braving the bitter cold temperatures in the low teens, Bill exited the car and quickly noticed something odd in the snow-coated grass near the passenger side of a uh, best friend's ride. Wait, no. No. Uh, Of a blue 1955. I don't want no nub, dude. I said that earlier. I know. Too many no-scrubs jokes this week. Uh, so he, he did notice something uh, odd in the snow-coated grass near a blue 1955 Mercury station wagon. Upon closer inspection, Bill J. realized that the odd thing he noticed on the ground was a person. Thinking that they were sick, drunk, or otherwise impaired, Bill went for a closer look, stopping short when he noticed a large swath of snow near the woman on the ground was coated in blood. Bill... Was there more swarth or just... No, just enough swarth. Okay. An average amount of swarth. Right. If it was swarth more, it would have to be way, way south and have a big liberal arts college there. Yeah. Okay. Bill got close enough to the body on the ground to see that the woman had been shot in the head. He then ran to the station wagon, its windows fogged up, and opened the driver's side door. The only living thing in the vehicle was a yapping, blood-soaked Pekingese named Queenie. Okay. Which, as it happened, belonged to the clearly dead woman laying on the ground. Yeah. Two dead men were also in the car, both of them shot in the head, similar to the woman on the ground. So all three of them have been shot in the head. I don't know why, but as soon as you said two dead men were also in the car, it just reminded me of like the uh, uh, like the buffalo, what was this, like two buffalo something around the outside? Around the, you know what I'm uh, talking about? I remember the, the later version of that, mm. two trailer park girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's what it reminded me of. I don't know why. Okay, go ahead. Uh, two dead men in the car, as we established. Uh, so Bill closed the door of the Mercury and ran back into his car. Um, the next thing he did was he would in- he informed his wife, Beverly, of what he'd found, and the two sped off in search of a phone, which was a more daunting task than it may sound like. Mm. Uh, pay phones and streetlights to see them weren't readily available, and the business... They're not now. 
Yeah, but I mean, this was this this feels like it would have been peak payphone time, the 1960s. But I guess they just couldn't find a payphone or a phone booth. Okay. Yeah. Um, but smaller towns, I guess maybe they weren't as prevalent, and they weren't they weren't really sure of where to look. Yeah. Uh, they they saw a few businesses, restaurants, and stuff, but they were all closed. Right. Finally, the Jays came upon a farmhouse along an intersection of two smaller local highways, uh, a farmhouse belonging to Shirley and Joseph Coleman. Mr. Coleman was out food shopping, but Shirley and her three children were home and invited the terrified couple in. Shirley also allowed Bill Jay to call police while Shirley and, and, her, and her kids helped Beverly kind of calm down because she was freaking out. Now, you can tell this is the 60s because there's names like Shirley and Beverly. And Beverly, yes. Yeah. These are all... The, and uh, next door was Libby, and then there was uh, Ethel and... Uh, Ethel. Edna. Yeah. Ed- Edna. Yeah. Ethel and Edna. You don't know Ethel? I do know Ethel. I know Ethel quite well. Okay. I, I thought she lived more like Massachusetts and upstate New York, though. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is a different Ethel. Oh, Bobby. Bill. It was Bill. Oh. Okay. So uh, the other reason you get the other way you can tell us is the 1960s is this woman is home alone with her kids and, and somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, we saw a murder. Can we come in and use your phone? And she said, oh, sure. Come in. I thought you were going to say the calendar. That, that too. That that's how we we know because we looked at the calendar. Yeah, yeah. That that too. But yeah, this is like. Oh sure, come on in. Oh yeah, come on in. Yeah. Oh wait. Well, they. It is upstate New York. It's upstate. So it is. They, they probably like, do talk of like talk like this. Yeah, it's hey. gonna. Hey. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's it's very much. It's like, am I in Minnesota? Am I Chicago? Am I am I Rochester? I I don't know where I am. You're, you're probably a little bit closer to Rochester. It's, it's somewhere along the border. Okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so, uh... Okay. Okay. Um, one by one, after this call was made, local police were called away from families and New Year's parties and brought to the rest area to process the crime scene. The next morning, the news incorrectly reported Bill and Beverly Jay as victims, mm. and their kids saw it. <gasps> their kids saw the thing about their Bill and Beverly Jay being killed. Uh, and they freaked out until they were able to get a hold of their grandparents. And they're like, no, no, they're fine. We talked to them. Yeah. But for a little bit there, they thought that they their parents were killed instead of being the witnesses that found the bodies. Bill and Beverly should have been like, we're the ghosts of Bill and Beverly. And they're like, hey, hey, hey. We died because you didn't do your homework. Like, we don't call you Bill and Beverly. We're your mom and dad. Not anymore. So... Beverly J did actually live in fear for years. Uh, she was always concerned because they back then they didn't protect witnesses because they just put their names out there. So she thought forever that the killers are going to like find them and hunt them down because maybe they thought they witnessed the crime and could identify them. Never happened, but she she lived in fear for for a long time. Why after would that. they say not anymore? Sometimes they'll protect protective witnesses. Name no, right? no, 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 no. When, when when we just made them ghosts, and then you said I said. Because they're in the spirit world now. I guess they could still, they're still your parents. They could still be your parents. Yeah, I guess so. You make rude ghosts. They were very unpleasant ghosts. All right. Well, they also weren't real. Like all ghosts. So at the crime scene, police piece the evidence together. Robbery was dismissed as a motive. The woman's purse was full of cash, cosmetics, and stamps for a local market. I think they're called like uh, M&S stamps or something like that. It mm-hmm. would be like the 1960s equivalent of Cole's cash. Right. Uh, or or Jeffrey dollars if you're in the 80s. Yeah. Or Disney dollars if you're at Disney. Uh, so all of her uh, money, cosmetics, things like that were undisturbed, as were the wallets of the men in the car. Police found two 25 caliber cartridge cases in the car, 
and they were the ones that killed the two men. Uh, they believe the two men were shot at extremely close range, one from a few feet away, one from a few inches away. And the killings were done execution style by passengers in the back seat, they believe. The woman was shot with a thirty-eight caliber. Now, that is a police gun. Uh, two different guns made police suspect two different shooters. And bullet holes in the windshield led police believe that the shooter or shooters tried to kill the woman from inside the car, but when it didn't work, they chased her down. There were signs of a struggle. The woman had cuts and bruises all over. Her hair curlers, her hair was up in curlers, uh, but a lot of them were strewn about. Scratches on her wrist led the police to believe that she was grabbed at some point. So there was a bit of a struggle before she was uh, thrown down on the ground and shot. As best they could tell, the woman was tackled on the highway, shot behind the left ear, and then dragged back to where she was left. So they think the body was moved after, because they found the, the bullet cl- uh, casing closer to the highway. Oh, jeez. Very, very early in the process, police identified their three victims. Okay. The woman on the ground was 24-year-old Barbara Ann Egan. Barbara Ann... Oh, sorry. They did take her hand, and then they shot her. Right. Coincidentally enough, Joseph Coleman, the owner of the farmhouse where the Jays made their call to the police, worked with Raymond Vogt, who was Barbara's father. By the way, every time you say the Jays, I start thinking, like, like it's a baseball team or, like, the OJs. We were close to Toronto here. True. That's where they did not live. Were they the Toronto Blue Jays at that point? I don't know if they existed in 1964. I don't know when they came along. Uh, The two men in the car were Peter Egan Jr., Barbara's 27-year-old husband, and Gerald Egan, Peter's 19-year-old brother. Okay. Peter's wooden leg. Remember we were talking about stay tuned. Oh. Peter's wooden leg, missing a foot, made him very easy to identify. Not the police were any stranger to the Egan's. Peter Egan's lengthy rap sheet started with a car theft charge at the age of 13. A bit later, when he was newly minted as an adult in the eyes of the law, Peter beat a burglary charge largely out of sympathy. While hitchhiking from the West Coast back to his home in upstate New York, Peter was thrown from a car after a severe wreck in Nevada. His legs, back, and one shoulder were fractured, and after three weeks of treatment, he was deemed healthy enough to board a train back east where doctors in Syracuse found his left leg had become gangrenous, forcing him to amputate above the knee. I wonder if, when you get fake legs, if you can have your fake legs, like, raised an inch. Um, Let's like, just say he's, like, 5'10", and now... Or, 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 give or, yourself or, some more height, I would think. Yeah, or, like, or, or maybe it's, like, 5'10". Nah, now I'm six foot. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, the problem here is he only had one leg amputated, not both. But otherwise, uh, I don't see why you couldn't do that. Well, I mean, you could you could have the one leg <clears throat> uh, bigger and then get a lift in your shoe. Or you could just get lifts in your shoes and you don't have to have a leg amputated. Uh, that's true. It's probably cheaper. You can wear those platform shoes. Right. You put like four or five inches of height on you. Right. What are you, Chris Jericho? Yeah. Uh. All you right. You know it was Chris Jericho? You know what? But now I, yeah, I, I don't have a joke for that. Yeah, and I'm also not Chris Jericho. That was a joke. No. Before meeting Peter, Barbara Valt was as close to a model student and daughter as one could hope for. She was thought of as one of the prettiest girls in school and was active in after-school activities. No, wait a minute. Is it Valt or Vote? Vote. Vote. Sorry. You have, wait. okay, because you, you have... It's Vote. Okay. All right. I'm not trying to, like, throw you under the bus there, but you did have it spelled, and it confused yeah, me. Yeah, so Barbara was as close to a model, model student and daughter as one could hope for. She was thought of as one of the prettiest girls in school and was active in after-school activities. 
Uh, she was a saxophonist in the band. She was a field hockey player, What's a she? cheerleader. Fucking uh, Lisa Simpson. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was uh, an accomplished saxophonist. Okay. One friend of hers in high school described Barbara as, quote, cute, adorable, smart, personable, sweet, and athletic. Another friend, Kay Hutchings Vargas, said she did notice changes in Barbara before meeting Peter. Uh, Kay had a bit of a bad streak of her own, and the two would shoplift together. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Barbara was dating a classmate named Jerry Brown when she met Peter at a YMCA dance. And their subsequent breakup left Brown devastated. Uh, something made worse when Barbara would bring Peter to school dances where he was said to stick out like a sore thumb. Okay. Barbara and Peter wound up having three sons between 1959 and 1962. They got busy. They did. Uh, the children's treatment seemed to be lacking, though. They liked having the kids. They didn't like raising the kids as much. Well, of course, yeah. Uh, one friend recalled that their mother-in-law turned down a request from Barbara to rent a cabin because she was, quote, under the influence of some substance and was in need of a bath. Uh, two of her children were there, filthy, dirty from head to toe, and wearing only dirty diapers. Oh, man. Uh, any money uh, Barbara and Peter Egan made was through public assistance or theft. They shoplifted so much, often using their children as cover, that they were all banned from most stores in the area. Uh, they would move around frequently a lot, too. Generally, they would stay in one place until they got kicked out for not paying rent. And that, then we'll go to another place. That happened to my dad. Um, my grandmother would do that. Like, I guess that's just what it was back in the day. You know, you you just took advantage of situations like that. And my, my it was it got so bad that my dad would come home from school and his mom had uh, skipped on the house. Oh, wow. Yeah, he my dad comes home from school one day and he's just a little kid. and. Uh, they moved. Oh, wow. They moved. They didn't even. He had to find out from a neighbor where they moved to. Jeez. And this would happen a lot. He would just come home from school and she'd be gone and uh, wouldn't know where where they went until like, a, a you know, a neighbor would tell him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's a type of life he had uh, growing up. And I, and I guess that there's a lot of people that were living like that, you know? Yeah. yeah it's a shame. All right. Uh, and some of Barbara's family and friends painted her as, a, as trapped in a relationship uh, that she wanted out, but she feared that Peter would kill her, hurt the children if she tried to leave. Uh, Barbara was allured by Peter early on, and substance ab abuse did pay a role, play a role in uh, her metamorphosis. Peter introduced her to alcohol, pain medication. Uh, he was prescribed due to his leg and uh, marijuana. Oh, no. The gateway so, drug. The, yeah, the, she was uh, under the influence of that reefer madness. Yeah. Not the alcohol or well, the pain listen, medication. Listen, yeah, I, I, I was because look, you can't get addicted to marijuana, but you can have an addictive personality. So it, it's it's like anything else. You can get addicted to drinking soda mm -hmm. or or playing video games or eating rice or anything. You can be addicted to anything as long as you have an addictive personality. But there are no addictive properties to marijuana. Right. There's no chemical dependency. But but there's all these other things with, yeah, the, the alcohol and the pain medication. And, you know, it's yeah, man, it's, it sucks. Just obviously it wasn't a great mix for her. Yeah. Quote, she just got caught up in it and she couldn't get out. Yeah. Barbara's brother, Stephen Vout, later said. I think it is Vout, not Vout. Is I, it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Final decision, it was Vout. Uh, Peter frequently found himself in trouble for driving with a suspended license. One time, Barbara was also charged in one instance where she switched places with him after he led police on a chase. When money was especially tight, Barbara would turn to prostitution. 
Uh, but the real family business was robbery. And that was where Gerald Egan came into play. That's Peter's younger brother. Mm -hmm. Peter was in possession of a Napoleon complex, which was only made worse when he lost his leg. And Gerald was frequently his backup. Say he should have got longer legs. I I said it, man. Yeah, it would have he helped. He should like he loses the one. He didn't have a choice. It, yeah. Like he was like, I want to get lifts, but I lost my leg. And then he could have just got the longer leg, and then he got a got a lift in the other shoe. Like, and uh, he didn't think of it. Gerald would often do the uh, the wait for it, the leg work mm -hmm. for the robberies as well. <laughs> well, he had to. One of the few leads police hope would bear fruit went away went away two weeks after the killings. Police hope that Queenie. Bar Barbara Egan's Pomeranian whoa, would whoa, react. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Que Queenie's a Pomeranian now? I thought it was a... Uh, Pekingese. Not a Pomeranian. Pekingese. What the fuck, yeah. man? You got names messed up and, and fucking dog breeds messed up. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, police hope that Queenie, Barbara Egan's Pekingese, would react if in the presence of the killers. Unfortunately, she was struck and killed by a car two weeks after the shooting. So oh. that, that was a uh, dead end. Yeah. And so word around town provided a new lead. James Pickett. The Wicked Picket was another name that was well known to local police. And James Pickett had been a bit loose-lipped about the Leone family. Well, you know what they say. Loose-lipped sink ships? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do say that. That's what they say. I don't know who still says that now. <laughs> Sailors, mainly. People on ships. Uh, do they, though? Not really. I think it's like, yeah, loose-lipped sink ships if you're fucking, uh, you know, an iceberg. Well, yeah. I don't think it's with them talking. No. Actually, you should probably talk. Say, hey, there's an iceberg. You should turn. Right. Let's, let's not hit that thing. Don't hit the iceberg. Right. And it's, it's bigger. Th that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's more under there. They have really weak ships if loose lips can sink them. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I'm saying. It's, I think it's more of a metaphor than... than I don't think it's as literal as you're, you're taking it. No. I think they're saying, like... If you talk out of turn, you can do harm. Okay. Is, I believe, what they're trying to say. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and, and, the, and Pickett was talking about the Leone family, uh, neighbors of Peter Egan's parents. Anthony Leone was a former boxer who fought under the name Kid Sullivan. And, oh, God. I'm, I'm surprised you're not going with it. They called me Kid Gorgeous. There we go. <laughs> That's it. Uh, his son, Joe Leone, not Joe Sullivan. Right was a gang member and an associate of Pickett's who, about a week and a half before the New Year's Eve killings, told Pickett that Peter Egan needed to be killed because he, quote, knows enough to put us all away for several years. Naturally. Compiling the tension mm -hmm. was the fact that the Leones were convinced that the Egans were responsible for a December 20th robbery that saw a diamond ring, a family heirloom, and $760 cash taken from the Leone home. Hmm. Their plan, according to Pickett, was to lure the Egans into a trap. Pickett told Peter that they would be paying uh, him and his family $1,000, or just Peter. I think he just brought his wife and his brother along. Uh, but uh, the plan was to tell Peter that they were going to pay him $1,000 to rob a truck that was uh, transporting $16,000 worth of liquor that was being drove driven from the U.S. to Canada. Oh, So wow. there's your bootlegging. Yeah, there you go. Two other conspirators were identified, Willard and Bertha Belcher. There we go. I'm, the guessing, they're, old uh, names. I'm guessing they're they're Bob's grandparents or great-grandparents? Probably grandparents at this yeah. point, if it's the 60s. Yeah, Willard and Bertha. Well, Bert Bertha was almost 80 at this point. 
Uh, Willard and Bertha ben- Belcher were long uh, were a couple. Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's almost eighty at the time. Bob uh, Bob Belcher is in his fifties. Is which, he? Yeah. Is that old? Yeah, I think so. Oh wow, I, I was think, in like his forties. I think I thought Bob was in his fifties. Oh, uh, which would put his parents at what uh, 50s, 60s, 70s? Yeah, you know, could be eighties. Yeah, there you go. It makes sense. You it know, checks out. Yeah. But Bertha Belcher was a longtime prostitute who was also rumored to have performed abortions. Ooh. This is pre-Roe v. Wade. Yeah, it's a little coat hanger alley happening. Yeah. Police obtained a warrant that allowed them to plant a bug in the Belcher home, which they did by crudely cutting up a couch and planting a microphone in it. The uh, the, the police who were interviewed for this said, that, yeah, we felt like the Keystone cops with the, like just how shitty it was. Yeah. Uh, they also convinced Joe Leone, uh, or Leone to take a lie detector test, which he passed. But again, polygraphs aren't always 100%. Right. Uh, one lead police did follow was concerning a rare half-dollar coin stolen uh, from a home. By the way, if I ever did an, a, a lie detector test, I'm probably going to fail everyone. Yeah, because if you're nervous, you fail, I think is how it works. And yeah, I'm going to be nervous. Listen, you know, I thought about this. I'm like... I would be so nervous, even if I knew I was 100% innocent, I would probably fail because I would be so nervous just being asked. Yeah. That I would, fa- you know what I mean? That I would fail or I'd end up passing things that I'm lying about and failing yeah. shit that I'm not lying about. And so it would, it would be, yeah, that's, fuck those things. Well, that's why they always ask those baseline questions. So it's like, are you sitting down right now? Yes. I don't know. And, uh. Am I? <laughs> Did- <laughs> Are, are any of us sitting down? We're floating through space, man. Yeah. What if What if my idea of sitting down is different than your idea of sitting down? Am I sitting down if I'm on, in Australia? Yeah, I think it still works that way. Yeah, yeah, You're does. still sitting down. It's just... Am I sitting up? Upside down. Am I right side up or upside down? Now you're just reading Dave Matthews lyrics. I like Dave Matthews. <laughs> One lead police did uh, did follow up on was... That a, was Crush, right? That was Crush, yeah. Great song. One lead police did follow was concerning a rare half-dollar coin that was stolen from a home suspected of being robbed by the Egans. The coin was found in, pos- in the possession of Willard Belcher, who was arrested for attempting to receive stolen property and was sentenced to two and a half to three and a half years in prison. I, if, if this guy, I already... I'm closing my eyes, and I'm imagining what Willard Belcher wears... He's definitely wearing flannel tucked into his jeans. He's got that uh, buffalo plaid jacket, probably from like Sears. And he's got one of those uh, one of those like hunting hats with the ear flaps. You know, talking about. You don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like one of those. Like Kyle wears on South Park. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like a hat like that. Yeah. He's, he's wearing something like and he's got big horn ring glasses. That's that's just what I imagine Willard Belcher looks like. That, that sounds like a Willard Belcher. Yeah. Uh, Willard and Bertha were both charged with illegal possession of a firearm, but charges were dropped after it was determined that the gun was found on an illegal search. James Pickett was questioned and ultimately charged, though those charges were dropped and he did turn state state's evidence, and he kind of flipped on Willard, Bertha, and Joe Leone. That March, police arrested Joe Leone while he was working delivering bread. Bertha Belcher was arrested as an accessory to murder later that afternoon, and James Pickett would later accuse Bertha of masterminding the whole plot. So you're going to say masturbating? No. Well, with, maybe. With a loaf of bread. Yeah. This got from Jolly while he was working. And uh, that's going to give you a yeast infection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, he, he that's how it first started. Yeah, it was a massive breakout by Bertha Belcher, which sounds like she was written by Stan Lee. Yes, it sounds like it would be like a, just a homely girl that that's in Peter Parker's class. Big fat girl to me. I would think like a no. I would think like a sixty year old lady again. Horn room glasses. One of those big like. You know those big house, not a house coat. I guess like a mumu. Sure, yeah. like something like that, but it's like f- floral pattern, mm-hmm. and she's got her hair and, and curlers, and and she smokes Paul Malls. Oh, she definitely smokes. Yeah. Oh, one one hundred percent. I'm and switching she- to Virginia Slims. But she's got very tiny feet. Yeah, very tiny. They're gonna feet. get amputated eventually. Well, well, that diabetes. She and they're gonna be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, but she's spreading around her yeast right now. Yeah. yeah so. Stop spreading around your yeast, Bertha. All right. So James Pickett would later accuse Bertha of being the mastermind of the plot. But not uh, Billy Belcher. That's what I call him. So his name's Willard. Some people call him Billy. Billy Belcher? Billy Belcher, yeah. Uh, but Pickett noted the original plan was to only kill Peter Egan. Mm-hmm. Willard Belcher was likely to be charged uh, in the murder, but in the meantime, he had been deemed mentally incompetent and placed in the hospital for the criminally insane. Oh, boy. Feeling the case against Leone, Leone was weak, prosecutor William J. McCluskey brought in noted defense attorney F. Lee Bailey. Here he is. Already prominent from the Sam Shepard and Boston Strangler cases to deal with the problem of Leone's successful polygraph test. Uh, more problems for the prosecution. Evidence from the bug in the Belcher home was thrown out, and the case wound up being reduced to Pickett's word against Egan's. After less than two hours of deliberation, Joe Leone was found not guilty. What? Police never reopened the case, feeling that Leone was their only credible suspect. Mm. So this triple murder on New Year's Eve of 1964, uh, no one was ever convicted and no one ever will be because they feel like Joe Leone was their guy. He was found not guilty. He is now dead. All right. Well, they're all dead, right? Um, For the kids? Yeah. One of, I believe, one of the. Uh, well, they would only the kids would be in their sixties. I believe one of one of Bill and Barbara Jay's kids is still alive. I don't know about the Egan kids. I'm, I'm sure some of them might still be alive. Right. Yeah, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be terribly old. Right. Okay. Well, now it's time to pack up and go home. It's time for this. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game and mine. Who died the worst? It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. Sometimes it is. It's Yeah, it is. It can be who died, but it's not necessarily who died the first. It can also be who died the funniest. Right. We never bring that up. It could be the funniest death. Why am I talking like Jerry Seinfeld? Um, the name of the game is who died the worst. So basically, I don't know how to play this game. Well, I mean, I'm going to give you three deaths, and you're going to tell me who died the worst. Oh. That's how you play this game. Right. But but my idea of, of worse is different than your idea. Well, you're so the judge subju- here. It's subju- it's really yeah, subjective. yours usually winds up being who deserved their death the least. Right. Not not the actual. Well, well that's how that's my criteria, I guess, of, of what makes it the worst. Cause no, I, that, that definitely plays a role, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. All right, so let's let's look at number one. I was going to say contestant number one. This is not a game that they want to play. Yes. No. No. In fact, all these people will never play the game again because they are dead. Right. Death number one mm-hmm. is uh, Captain Randy 
Giannis, I'm going to say. Okay. L-L-A-N-E-S. No. Wait, L-L? What? Yeah, double L. Ha ha. A-N-E-S. A-N-E-S? Yeah, usually the double L is like a ya. Oh, is it? Like Miyamo. Oh, see, I would have been like Lane's. Randy uh, Lanes. All right, but it's Giannis? Yeah. Oh. Or maybe Randy Lane. We're going with Randy Lanes just because I like it. Randy Lanes. Randy Lanes. Randy that's a, Lanes. That's a cool name. Was yeah. a fisherman. Okay. Uh, he was a uh, fisherman in Hawaii. Uh, it's probably that Giannis name. I, I like Lanes. Right. Uh, and he was a small boat fisherman. And he caught a swordfish. But the swordfish was a bit of a fighter. Oh, boy. A bit of a fighter. And uh, he said, on guard. Well, kind of. Uh, So Randy was having trouble reeling him in. And he decided, I'm going to dive in the water after the swordfish. Oh, no. He got Steve Irwin. And the swordfish turned around. And Randy Lanes took a swordfish sword snout nose thing right to the heart. Oh, oh, definitely was Steve Irwin. Yeah. Because didn't that happen? Didn't he get hit in the heart? With a stingray. A stingray stinger, yeah. Yeah. Not a swordfish. Well, I, I, but I meant being stung in the heart. Yeah. Or stabbed. Oh, penetrated. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, shot to the heart. Shot through the heart. Shot to the or through the heart. Whatever. You're to blame. Swordfish. No, I'm not. Swordfish, swordfish is to blame. Well, I said swordfish. Yeah. You said me. No, I said I you're to blame, swordfish. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Part. Well, it's on. It's I, on. It's on. Yeah. Thankfully. So, yeah, that is death number one. Mm-hmm. Death number one is you're catching a swordfish. Okay. And the swordfish is putting up a fight, so you well, go and jump you after go it. go after it, yeah. And the swordfish <sighs> turns around with expert timing and precision. Yeah. And... It does its thing. Yeah. It's, it's swordfish, is it? Right. Uh, okay. That's death number one. Yep. Death by swordfish. Death number two is going to take us to Canada. Hey. Hey. But not Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn step by step, inch by inch, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to British Columbia. Oh, my favorite part, BC. Where um, a professional rap artist and athlete, John James McMurray, the most Canadian name I've ever heard. Uh, John James McMurray. Uh, is he a rapper and curler? Actually, Gord would probably be. Uh, no, maybe they, he says athlete. Maybe he is a curler. Yeah, Gord is definitely the most Canadian yeah. name. I, I mean, I, I've tried to come up with like a, a, a Canadian name for something like that. I came up with Gord Poutine is the most Canadian name. Yeah. Even though that would be like somebody being named French Fries here. <laughs> Yo, it's Joey French Fries. What's the most American name? Joey Bullets. It's Joey Cheeseburgers. So uh, John James McMurray was shooting a video for his Harry latest- Hot Dogs. His latest rap song. He was a rapper. Yeah. And the vision for this video was he was going to get on an airplane, a uh, a small Cessna airplane. Mm-hmm. And during the rap video, he isn't was... that what uh, isn't that what the dude from Outlander calls his girl? Does he call her Cessna? I never watched Outlander. Cessnek. Oh, Cessnek. It could be anything. I don't know. I think it means like foreigner. It's like a is it Scottish is it like word? is it like Sestra like no. from uh, Orphan Black? No, Sestra. Sestra. No, it's like Cessnek, and uh, Cessnek means, like, foreigner. Oh, okay. It's like uh, Gaijin in Japan. Yeah. Right. Or Gringo. Or Gringo, yeah. Or foreigner. Right. So, uh, John James McMurray, as part of this video, was going to wing walk. He was going to get on the wing of the Cessna and kind of walk and do his rap thing. He got too far to the edge of the wing, and it was a small plane. It was a Cessna, so, of course. Yeah, it was a small plane, so his weight 
threw it a little off balance and it kind of the the part he was standing on dipped down right and john james mcgurry fell how far uh doesn't give me an exact uh but he was in the air he was in the air Uh trying to wing walk on a plane he was wearing a parachute but he didn't have time to deploy the parachute and died on impact it is also not known if he had time to do the rowboat okay see i can see he's so busy doing the rowboat he forgets to open his parachute well naturally but that is death number two. Death number two is you're trying to wing walk right. during a rap video. Yeah. And you walk a little too far to the edge of the wing and you fall. Uh, okay. Death number three takes us to Spain. Castellan, to be exact. I'm not on a plane. No, no, no. We're going to be running with bulls. It doesn't just a, happen in Pamplona. Okay. So it's not a plane in Spain, but no. it was a plane in Canada. All right, so it, it might be on the planes like PLAIN because that's where the rain in Spain mainly falls. We're in Barcelona. No, we are in Castellan. Onda. Is it Castellan? Castellan. Okay. Sure, Castellan. Because they all speak like that in España. 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 So the uh, the gentleman here uh, was a 55 year old man. Name is not be re- being released. Okay. And you know how in Pamplona they run with the bulls? Uh, yeah. Uh, they do that here too. Yeah. Well, they do it in Jersey. It's called running of the Santas. Yeah. Well, these are actual like bulls. Right. The Chicago bulls. You get no, 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 no. Chasing like, you. Male cows. It's man cow. Uh, and I think he's not from Chicago, is he? I. That's where he was really famous. Oh, that's fine. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But no, this is literally running with bulls, and this 55-year-old man died after being gored by a bull. Gore. Uh, He hemorrhaged blood from a gore cut in his left leg and uh, near his groin that had perforated his femoral artery. He was being treated by a doctor on the spot, but he was unfortunately declared dead. uh, Good thing it wasn't a Johnny on the spot. Yeah, a doctor is more qualified to help you with that. Than the bathroom, yeah. Yeah. But that is death number three. You're running with the bulls, and the bulls catch up. Is death number three. So to reset that the reminds table, me of the chicken in a car and a car won't go. That's how you know to spell Chicago. Yeah, that's not how you spell it though. No, it's not. I never got that one. I didn't. I didn't get never it. Never got it. Chicken in a car and a car won't go. That's how you spell Chicago. 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 Uh, all right. So so we to recap. Death yeah. number one is our boy Randy Lanes. Randy Lanes, he's fishing. He the, the fish is like, nah, you can't get me, sucker. And then he's like, no, I'm going to get you. And then he's like, he got got. Yeah, I'm going to get you, sucker. Love that. Dirty, man. rotten. Hey, don't say that. I won't. Uh, second one is the wing walker on the airplane. You're right. Doing the rap video. Yeah. And death number three is being gored by the bull. Okay. All right. Who died the worst? This is tough. This is tough. You, you you did give me some good options here. Uh so I think they're all dumb. Yeah, they all had some degree of agency in their deaths. They're all dumb. I tried to make it a little more even. Because I had one that I was gonna put in there that would have won very easily. Oh. She gave me that one. Uh because <laughs> this is hard because they're all dumb. They're all morons. Like I don't like like the the running of the bulls, okay, dangerous. It's it is. dangerous. Yeah. You know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh the second one, ah, uh, dangerous. You're walking on a fucking airplane wing. Uh he was wearing a parachute, but, but he should have had time, yeah. some kind of harness yeah. attached to him. He was wearing a fucking parachute, but it did no good. It didn't. It did him no good. It was uh, no good. And then the first one. 
The guy went after the fucking swordfish. Now, I have I have a winner. Okay. Only because it's easy for me. I'm looking at what's the scariest. The scariest one for me is the second one. Yeah. Because you're plummeting to your death. That, that's our winner? That's our winner. Here's why. Here's how it happened. The first one and the second one are very similar. You're already down. You're already, you don't have to fall from anywhere. And, but you're getting, you're getting, you're getting stabbed by something. Yeah. I, I, I would have, I can maybe make an argument for number one because that's such, it was just perfect timing. It was but such you're in a the freak water accident. And it hits you in the heart. That probably knocks you out right away. Yeah. So you're, yeah. as soon as you get hit in the heart, it's probably like having a heart yeah. attack. You probably, boom, you're gone. You're, you're, you're fucking in, you're sleeping. You're in dreamland. Uh, if somebody snores while they're having a heart attack, they're probably not dead yet. No, they are. Jerry Jerry Lawler did that. Oh, did he? Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he did. That, did you hear? Didn't, he? didn't you hear the audio? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, a lot of people do that. Uh, that's what I'm thinking for for one. It's like that must have knocked him out right away, being hit in the heart. Uh, and then and then the other guy is pretty bad. But the fucking dude in the middle? Yeah, the terror two, of just falling you're to falling. your death. Yeah. Yeah, that that is bad. And you had an you had a, a parachute and you didn't use it, dude? That that shows you how fu- either either he couldn't get it open or he that's how scared shitless he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the winner is number 2. And there you have it. There you have it. And there you have our show. Happy New Year everyone. Yeah, and I hope you had a good uh Christmas or uh Kwanzaa or uh uh, Jew Day. There's days. days. Jew, there's there's Jew eight of days. them. And they were, uh, that was a while ago. Oh. It was like, I think it started in November this year, Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, is Kwanzaa even real? It's a thing. Is it really, though? Uh, Happy Festivus. Yeah, that, that's, that happened. That's just as real as Kwanzaa. Probably, if not more real. Probably more people celebrate Festivus than Kwanzaa. Is Kwanzaa really real? Though? I don't know. I know uh, what's her name has been railing against Kwanzaa. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. Who? She's that crazy uh, congresswoman from Georgia. Well, you just fucking said it. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't say it because of a, like a race thing. I just say because it's like who the fuck actually celebrates Kwanzaa? And like, like at least people are celebrating Festivus. They're called Seinfeld fans. Yeah. Uh, which which Festivus is cool because you have cool stuff. Like what what cool shit can you do on Kwanzaa? I honestly don't know a whole lot about Kwanzaa. Yeah, well, it's a Black Holiday. It was made because it was like ah. Uh, you know, these other holidays have been co-opted by white people. Like, we need something for ourselves. We need our own holiday. We need an identity. And I get it. I totally get it. It's it's like Festivus for, for people that want to celebrate, you know, Christmas-ish type things that are Jewish or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Or that, that, that are like, hey, I want I want a holiday, but um, I don't want Christmas or uh, those Jew- Jewish days. What's it called? Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Um, I get it. I get it. But you know, it's, it's kind of like, does anybody really celebrate Kwanzaa? Like, how many people really celebrate Kwanzaa? I think it's one of those things that was kind of brought up before, but I don't know that. Just because I think that so many black people are Christians. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's exclusively like a black American thing. I think it, it's rooted in Africa. Kwanzaa? I believe so. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was started here. Yeah, I, I again, I blind spot for me. I don't know a whole lot about Kwanzaa. I don't know a whole lot. Of, maybe we should. We should learn about Kwanzaa and celebrate next year. Where was Kwanzaa started? There you go. Now we're going to get an answer. 
Uh, the first day of Kwanzaa is celebrated in Los Angeles under the oh. direction of Milana Karenga, the chair of Black Studies at California State University at Long Beach. The seven-day holiday, which is strong African roots, was designed by Dr. And then it cuts off and there's more. Uh, oh, Dr. Uh, Karenga. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, oh, it goes from December 26th to January 1st. So happy Kwanzaa. It's, it's Kwanzaa. We're in the midst of Kwanzaa. It's right now. Celebrations, unity, creativity, faith, giving gifts. Um, celebrates African heritage, unity, and culture. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't doubt that there's somebody, I'm sure, you know. So I just I just think that it's very, the the, the celebration. Brady's well, if you celebrate it, happy Kwanzaa. Celebrators. Joyous like, Kwanzaa. I think it's a very low number, but hey, if you do, you're celebrating like we celebrate Festivus or I celebrate Christmas and I'm atheist. Yeah. You know? So it's all about the how ho- that's what I love about the holidays. I celebrate Hanukkah and I'm atheist. No, you don't. Oh. You've never celebrated Hanukkah one time. Not once. You've literally never celebrated Hanukkah. I haven't. You celebrate you, Festivus. You call me in a lie. You celebrate Festivus. You don't go throughout, you don't do the feats of strength and, and all this stuff, but you watch it. Yeah, and uh, I didn't do the Festivus poll this year. It's in my closet somewhere. You didn't do it? No, I didn't. No. Huh. I technically did. I held up an alu- a roll of an aluminum foil. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll so, do it. Uh, it's, it's, I guess it's a mini Festivus poll. So, okay. Well, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm done. If you have any questions or comments, like we said earlier, email us at murdermydude.gmail.com. Uh, check out all of our social media and projecthumanoid.com where you can find t-shirts and uh, any other information we have up there, which is where we also have our social media stuff listed. So It's all there. Projecthumanoid.com is the only place you need to be. That's right. And uh, we will see you next time with more murder. Might do. Happy Kwanzaa. Now that damn Beatles song is going to be stuck in my head all day. Randy Lanes is in my ears and in my eyes.